today I get to have a chat with Tito Ortiz. And Tito is uh, UFC champion three and a half years or so. Yes, sir. UFC Hall of Fame. Generally swell guy. Bone crusher, <laughs> philanthropist. <laughs> Poet and philosopher. Thanks for taking the time to, to uh, have a chat. Uh, and I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. I thank you. It. Appreciate yes. you inviting me over. Um, you know, it's something I, I talk about with the, the audience. You know, most of my audience, to begin with, is this. Most of my audience, these are, it's not really like, you know, normal people in the population. It's people that are annoyed with, you know, what's considered normal today, and they wanted to build a, a more exceptional life for themselves. And they, they come to me for financial advice. They want help with uh, building a business or understanding how to, to make better decisions in their investments or whatnot. But, you know, I think in the background that, um, you know, some, a common theme, I'd say, you know, people that already had a, an exceptional work ethic, they had a, you know, above average ambition, above average motivation, they wanted to go do something. They didn't want to have a 50th percentile life or even 80th percentile life, you know? And I think, you know, a fantastic thing that uh, you could share from some of your story is, you know, wh what does it really take? What are some of the things that you have to say no to to be able to say yes to the things that you wanted most to, to be you know, a champion on the, at the level that you were to, uh, um, you know, live a life and the, like you've built, you, I, think you're, I think of you as a guy that lived your, you designed your life a lot more intentionally than a lot of people do, or you have a lot more freedom in life than a lot of people do to, to be who you are shamelessly. And um, what, what, are, what are some thoughts that you have on that, in you that know, general topic? I think a lot of it is willing to sacrifice the small things if you have the big goal at the end. And little small things that do come about, and it was just funny, I was just thinking about it on the ride over here, was if I was in a full camp, in a training camp, and I had an opportunity to do a film, a movie, and I was getting paid, you know, 100000 I'm making 20 times that for a fight. Why would I sacrifice my time, my energy for that 10000 if I can hold out and wait and get paid the big money at the end and sacrifice all that time? Um, and it's kind of funny because I mean, when I was the world champion, I had opportunities to go to the Playboy Mansion, opportunities to go to, on tour with Corn, got opportunities to go on tour with Limp Biscuit for two, three weeks for free. Everything paid for, nothing, nothing came out of my pocket, just come and join them. But I sacrificed that and I said, no, I can't do it. Because my, my goal was to be the world champion. My goal was to become a five-time world champion. Actually, I want to become more than that, but I didn't hash out but it was a, that's part of the part of the gig um but to me it was just I sacrifice the small things to accomplish the big things and there is those little times that people pull you aside it's like, hey let's go to the club tonight and it's like no i gotta train tomorrow i can't hey let's go have cocktails tonight no i can't i mean i would sacrifice the four months three months of not drinking not going out not having fun and you talk about being an introvert if you want to be home that was me i wanted to be home i want to stay home i want to stay home i want to train i want to push my body to the max, come home, eat, sleep, wake up, do the same thing over again. And that was six days a week. Sundays were my cheat days. Um, I never drank alcohol. Um, I never did drugs. I just consumed myself completely into training. That was it. Sundays, I was able to eat Taco Bell. I was able to eat McDonald's. I was able to eat uh, Ben & Jerry's ice cream. I was able to eat Mexican food. And that was all in one day. But that was my cheat day. You gotta understand, that was my cheat day. But that was a reset in my mind to understand that I've sacrificed for six days. Now I have one day to enjoy myself. Now that Monday morning I woke up, it was time to work again. And I worked for another six days. And this was month after month after month after month after month that I did this. 
I mean, I've, I've been competing now for 25 years. Um, I haven't stopped training until 2020 since I've been a freshman in high school. Hmm. And I've always trained. I've always taken care of my body. I've always ate right. I've always done the right things. But once again, it goes back to sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice to become the best you possibly can be? And it's not only just being an athlete, but it's being, you know, in business uh, and being a father and being a human being or just being a man on this earth right now doing the best things possible to show everybody else that it is possible. And those things that I've learned through my life, through trials and tribulations that have really made me successful, very successful. And I'm thankful, you know, an 11-year-old kid on Newport Pier ditching school to go catch a bonita to make two, two bucks a fish. But I would have like 15 numbers of different uh, Asians that lived in the area that would come buy the fish for me. And I would make, you know, 40, 50 bucks a day. And that was paying for my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, my mother and father, um, they did as best they could put a roof over my head. But feeding-wise, I pretty much took care of myself. Clothing-wise, it was a help, help both ways. But my father kind of quit on our family. It was kind of hard for me. It was hard for my mother. Um, and then when I became 13... Uh, my mother took me away from my father and moved me back to Huntington Beach. Then my freshman year came about at Huntington High School and I found wrestling. Um, wrestling saved my life. I was very fortunate. You know, my true name is Jacob. Uh, my son's name is Jacob also. But in the Bible, Jacob uh, wrestled against an angel. The angel beat him and saved his life. Um, I've never been a really religious person, but I've heard that story before, so I had to go read it and kind of learn about it and um, come to understand that that was all the evil stuff that's around a person that they can't get away from it, but if you're able to wrestle with it and beat it and get away from it, then you're able to change your life, become a better person. And that's what's something that made me become a better person. It showed me with hard work, dedication, work ethic, the things that I've learned through wrestling that a lot of people don't go through unless they've wrestled before or unless they played any type of sport, any type of team sport or individual sport that shows what that extra hard work is. You know, um, I look at one of the kids who's a neighbor uh, to my sons right now, and He's out setting up his baseball stuff. You know, he's hitting the balls into the net and he's doing it all by himself. That shows dedication to something that you love to do. And I was doing those same things as a kid growing up when I got into high school wrestling. You know, I'd run on my own, I'd lift on my own, I would drill on my own. Uh, wrestling practice would be over for uh, high school and I'd have my buddies go, hey, can we drill? Just drill moves? Just, I don't want to wrestle hard, just drill moves. Because I had to learn the repetition of knowing that when it did come to competition, that it was an automatic. It wasn't something that was pushed or anything. It was something that was an automatic that made the drilling make sense, that I had to drill more and had to get better at it. You, you link up the neural pathways in your head between yes. intellectually knowing something and, and making it a, a habitual response in your physiology to, to react that way in a certain circumstance. Exactly, and that was the same thing that I had. It was just it transduced into fighting that I had that same mentality. I mean, I went from high school wrestling into college wrestling, from college wrestling, I started training for MMA and I started doing jiu-jitsu, I started doing kickboxing, I started doing boxing. I already had the weight training, I already had the cardio, I already had the wrestling, but I had to make sure I had to keep those in together to add the other ones with them. And when I did that, I just, I became the world champion a year and a half later. Uh, it was just uh, history, I guess you could say. <laughs> and, you know, I, I thought, um, you know, our paths are different. I thought about business and, and trained for business, if you will, in a similar sense or similar obsessiveness that, uh, you know, you thought about wrestling and, and later MMA. And um, some some of the things that I put in my head, you know, early on, it was, was just, you know, for, first I was too frugal. First, I was, you know, you wanted to have a scarcity about money and you had to go, you know, get every little thing. 
Yeah, that's and that's still a good strategy, by the way. It's not a bad strategy. No, it but... isn't. I've had that strategy. The same thing. <laughs> my all my all my friends call me cheapo because I was cheap about things. Look, I'm cheap. I just realized that as I got older, money's not going to be there forever, and I got to make sure I got to save things. You know, even when I was in school, the kids made fun of me because I was thinking about money different than they were, and uh, I'm sure in their you know low-level or mid-level management jobs. I don't know what they do today. I don't talk to those people anymore. But literally in school, people would make fun of me in you know, like junior high school or high school because I was just thinking about money differently. And uh, I wanted to go you know, cut, some, cut grass or walk a dog or uh, trim a tree or sh- you know, trim a bush, rake some leaves, whatever I could do to go earn some money. And, yep. you know, I started doing that when I was seven. And uh, I got a paper route when I was 10. When I was 11, I had four paper routes. I didn't do any of them, but I, I used to do the first one. And then I realized, wait a minute, if I got you know, multiple paper routes, which they'd give me because they had high customer satisfaction that I was always on point and made sure everything was good, then I, I could outsource these to other people, supervise them. So when so I had four, I got paid for one and you know, I was, uh, passed on 75% of the earnings to the, the people who actually did the, the work. You know? nice. So I, I was thinking that way very early in life and um, it was unrelatable to, to other people that age. You know? right. Later on, that worked out quite well for me. but. Um, you know, I, I liked money enough that I'm a high school dropout. I didn't finish high school. I, was, I, was always, I had a good work ethic, but I wasn't very good at taking orders from other people. I always wanted instruction. I wanted good mentors, or I wanted somebody that you could trust that was a, you know, a high-quality person that, that cared about you to tell you what to do, which is a great luxury because I didn't have that growing up. You know? So I was never good at taking orders, but willing to work hard. You know? And right. my whole life, you know, if, I had to work, if I had to work 30 hours sometimes or 40 hours on a rare occasion, I uh, just do that and just whatever was necessary to accomplish the goals, you know. But um, but I wasn't very good at somebody else telling me what to do. That was one of my big things is people tell me what to do because through my childhood, my parents let me do whatever I wanted. I yeah. took the 43 bus from Santa Ana, I'd go down to Newport, I'd fish all day, I'd get home maybe 9 o'clock at night or I'd never come home at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was all the way up through high school, up to high school that I had a stepfather who kind of changed the game a little bit, but I still, I snuck out when I wanted to. But then when I became an adult, I come to realize that am I going to continue this fighting thing? Am I going to school or am I going to go into military? And I come to do some research on the military and for them yelling at you and telling you what to do, I just couldn't handle that. I, I could never handle that. I had to do everything my way. I had to learn through my mistakes. And as I learned through life, I learned through my mistakes where either it was a positive or a negative. And most of the time, I always just the one that I fed was the one that was the best. And that was always the positive. And those are the things that I learned through life. It was just hard work and dedication. I had to be responsible for my actions. I had to be responsible for my mannerisms, things that I did in, in life to progress and be better. And um, as you're talking about keeping money tight was something I always like, you know, go with my buddies and I made really good money and still we'd go out and maybe buying bottles. They're like, you can chip in? I go, yeah, I'll chip in my piece. They're like, oh, well, you're not going to pay for it. And I'm like, well, you're not going to, we should all chip in together. Then I was called cheapo after that. So but <laughs> it's the situations that, that do happen that, you know, you, you come to learn how life is and how it runs through. Um, the obstacles that you're able to learn from. And to me, it was just hard work and dedication. I'm gonna think about the future. I can't believe you just cut me off. I just was gonna answer that question. And believe me, the whole interview is amazing. So check it out, The Ten Commandments of Wealth by Derek Weinberg. I'll see you there. <laughs>